Today is July 22nd, 2021, and our first story, a viral video shows CBP allowing illegal immigrants to just walk through a border security gate. With COVID on the rise across the U.S. and a 900% increase among illegal immigrants, many fear that the border crisis will actually push us towards more lockdowns and more COVID restrictions. In our next story, Joe Biden is being slammed after he told an entrepreneur, just pay your staff more because the man said due to unemployment benefits, he couldn't attract labor. Biden's response was seen as ignorant and callous. And in our next story, shockingly, Biden admits he plans to ban guns that can take multiple rounds or that can fire multiple rounds, effectively banning every single gun. Before we get started, leave us a good review and give us five stars. And if you really like the show, please share it with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. In a shocking video posted by a local reporter in Texas, illegal immigrants are seen being walked through a border security gate and into a waiting border patrol vehicle. According to this reporter, 300 plus people had already crossed today. We are being told to expect up to 1,200 families. And the White House says, CBP, y'all need to prepare for this. Now, this is shocking for several reasons. The economic implications, obviously, we just had a major lockdown. Businesses are shuttered. And the Biden administration is just opening up the border and saying, come on in. This is shocking for another reason. Now, obviously, that can have a very serious impact on our economy. But what about what's happening in Cuba? At the same time as, as the Biden administration is just letting these people walk in, They're telling Cuban refugees and asylum seekers who are in a very serious conflict with the communist dictatorship, they will not be allowed in this country. So what is happening? There's another consideration, probably the more serious one. Mitch McConnell, a Republican, says that if people do not get vaccinated, there will be more lockdowns. So we already have a crippled economy. And now, Because of escalating COVID cases due to the Delta variant, Mitch McConnell and many Democrats are actually saying, well, maybe we'll have to lock things down. Already we're seeing Los Angeles with mask mandates, Las Vegas with mask mandates. We're seeing a a, a pediatrics group saying that schools should require children to all be wearing masks regardless of vaccination status. And that's starting to spread. The restrictions are coming back. Now, truth be told, we are seeing cases rise across the country. But shouldn't that be a good reason to make sure we are screening the people at the border and not just letting them walk right through? We now have reporting that COVID cases are up 900 percent among migrants coming through the border. And there's even reporting that 40 border border patrol agents have tested positive for COVID. What is happening? What what is this failure of policy? I'm sorry, I can't look at this story and think anything other than this country is effectively collapsing. I mean, obviously, there are still institutions that are functioning to some degree, but hold on. You mean to tell me that the media is screaming about rising cases, but the Biden administration is doing nothing about the rising cases at the border? In fact, they're they're reducing security? Even with the escalation of these cases, it's now being reported the Biden administration is going to reduce the restrictions at the border? None of this makes sense. It is chaos. It is rot. It is fire. Now, look, my my, my empathy to all of these individuals who want to come to America. America's awesome. But hold on a minute. We've got real refugees in Cuba 
who are being persecuted and the Dems are saying no. So tell me, you tell me what you think is happening. How could they be letting in people without testing them for COVID, without giving them the vaccine? Why are you want to let them in? OK, fine. How about you give you, you vaccinate them? That's not happening either. So here's what I think is going to happen. Mitch McConnell says if the vaccination rate doesn't go up, lockdowns are coming. Well, what happens when you start allowing hundreds of people to come into the border? Even if American citizens are getting vaccinated, you're bringing in many people who are not. So what is the lockdown inevitable? Are small businesses going to suffer again? And then are we going to see economic pressure from mass illegal immigration? Apparently so. This is the Biden administration, my friends. This video left my my jaw hitting the floor. Couldn't believe it. It's just Border Patrol saying, come on in, basically. Now, let's read the story and I'll show you what's happening because there's a lot of different uh, issues here. Like I mentioned, the economy, COVID, Cuba. It's shocking. I'm just uh, this one has me particularly flustered. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, where this beautiful article has been posted. Become a member and you will get access to exclusive members only segments on the TimCast IRL podcast, as well as a as as an advertise. You will get an advertising free experience and you'll be able to comment on all the content. These are things we're we're rolling out right now. So become a member, support our work, support our journalists and support articles like this. But don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel. And share the video if you think this information is important. This context, in my opinion, is extremely important. If you know people who are Democrats and they're concerned about COVID, please show them this. I've got nothing but sympathy for those who want to come to this country. But should should we not at least have some restrictions at the border due to COVID? Joe Biden wants to remove them. Here's the story from TimCast.com. Footage shows migrants walked through security gate into waiting Border Patrol van. A video went viral on social media on Thursday showing a group of migrants being escorted through a security gate and into waiting vans operated by the Border Patrol agency. Quote from Bill Malugan of uh, Fox LA, more groups of migrants being walked through the border gate to a waiting Border Patrol uh, van here in Del Rio this morning. This is one of several groups we've seen come through today. Our drone team in RGV says, 300 plus have already crossed in La Jolla, Texas as of 9 a.m. Now, hold on. He said groups. Is that 300 groups? Are we talking about 1,500 people? Or are we talking about 300 people? I don't know for sure. Earlier this month, Customs and Border Protection reported that federal officials have logged more than 1.1 million apprehensions at the U.S.-Mexico border this fiscal year. Quote, apprehensions last reached the 1 million milestone in 2006. But far fewer attempted to cross that year during the searing hot summer months, when the journey across the Rio Grande or vast ranches is especially dangerous. Approximately 68,000 migrants were taken into custody in June 2006, compared to 188,829 apprehensions last month, which was a 5% increase from last May. Troy Miller, acting commissioner of the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, said that due to the heat and intensity of the terrain at the border, they are receiving a high number of distress calls from abandoned migrant from abandoned migrants. We are he- we are in the hottest part of the summer and we are seeing a high number of distress calls to CBP from migrants abandoned in treacherous terrain by smugglers with no regard for human life, said Miller. Although CBP does everything it can to locate and rescue individuals who are lost or distressed, the bottom line is this. The terrain along the border is extreme. The summer heat is severe. And the miles of desert migrant miles of desert migrants must hike after crossing the border in many areas is unforgiving. Apprehensions of the border have been rising every month that Biden has been in office. Now, here's why this is so important. 
from Fox News. COVID cases among migrants in Rio Grande Valley sector surge 900% as border numbers continue to rise. There were 135 COVID positive migrants in the first two weeks of July, Fox News has learned. Now, here we can see the Del Rio security gate, the same place. They say the number of detainees who tested positive for COVID-19 in the Rio Grande Valley alone has increased by 900%. According to information obtained by Fox News, there were 135 detainees who tested positive in the first two weeks of July alone, marking that 900% increase compared to the previous 14 months. The Rio Grande Valley sector is one of the main destinations for migrants crossing the border, seeing more than 2,000 apprehensions each day and accounting for 60% of confirmed positive detainees in the U.S. Border Patrol custody. This information was obtained exclusively, exclusively from a slide distributed by RGV Border Patrol managers to share with agents to help them protect themselves from the virus. In a local radio interview with KURV 710 AM Tuesday in McAllen, Texas, RGV Sector Chief Brian Hastings spoke about COVID cases among agents and said he's had more than 40 of his agents test positive this fiscal year. Border Patrol does not typically test migrants when they are initially taken into custody. Instead, they are tested when they are transferred either to Department of Health and Human Services custody, if they are unaccompanied children, or to non-governmental organizations if they are part of a family unit for transport into the U.S. The Biden administration has been struggling to get a grip on the crisis at the southern border, which saw more than 188,000 migrants encountered in June alone, including a 25% increase in the number of families encountered. They say encountered. Do you, that, that means there are many that are not. The numbers are higher than this. These people, not all of them, some of them have COVID. So are we going to be forced into another lockdown? Is this going to be a major nuke on our economy? I think so. Inflation rates are already here. Lockdowns, they say, are coming back, and Biden cannot get a grip on the border. So here we go. Fox continues. Currently, the majority of those encountered are turned back due to Title 42 public health protections put in place during the Trump administration. Just under 105,000 of those encounters in June resulted in a Title, two, uh, Title 42 expulsion. However, the Biden administration is not turning away unaccompanied children or most migrant families. Furthermore, it is reported to be planning to end Title 42 for migrant families later this month, with other reports suggesting it would be ended altogether for single adults shortly after. Republicans and former Trump officials have warned of potential health consequences if that were to happen, noting that many of the countries from where the migrants have traveled are often behind the U.S. in terms of vaccinations. Quote, Mexico is not where we're at. The Northern Triangle countries aren't where we're at. There are multiple countries in the Western Hemisphere that are not where America is at when it comes to vaccines and dealing with COVID, former acting CBP commissioner Mark Morgan told Fox News this month. But they're still going to reopen, going to open it up to people in these countries to come from, to traverse through, to get to our country and allow them in. It's absolutely endangering American lives and once again shows this administration puts Americans, America last and everyone else first. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five star reviews on Trustpilot, Google and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. 
Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or give them a call at 877-646-5347. Again, that number is 877-646-5347. I'm, I'm, I, I can't say I'm shocked by this. I mean, I, I am. I still am. I still am. From NBC News, Biden admin is rethinking plan to lift COVID restrictions that blocked thousands from crossing the border. The public health order known as Title 42 was imposed under Trump. The Biden admin planned to lift it, but COVID and border crossings have surged. This is at, at the bare minimum some net positive, I suppose, a light in the darkness. Joe Biden was planning to lift this. Maybe he won't. Okay, maybe. I'm sorry, my friends. We have video footage of people just being walked through the border. So good that Biden may not actually lift this, but why should we even be saying it? It should be a no brainer. We shouldn't even have to have this conversation about their plans to lift these restrictions. NBC News reports, The Biden admin is rethinking its plan to lift COVID-19 restrictions that have locked more than 750,000 migrants seeking asylum from crossing the southern U.S. border. The sources said the White House and the Department of Homeland Security had previously uh, previously targeted July 31st as the date to end the public health order known as Title 42 in internal discussions. But as of Tuesday, those plans were in flux and neither agency had sent plans to CBP on how to phase out the policy. CNN was the first report. The Biden admin is rethinking its plan. Again, a good thing. But when we're dealing with them planning to do something crazy, it would be kind of like saying, I'm going to throw my pizza on the floor. You know what? I'm rethinking my plan to throw pizza on the floor. It's not necessarily a good thing just because you plan to do something dumb and bad. It's like, whew, we dodged, we dodged a bullet there, right? A White House official said the administration isn't able to commit to when the policy might end. As we've said before, Title 42 is a public health authority. And that authority rests with the CDC. We'll continue to defer to the public health experts on these decisions and don't have a timeline to preview on specific plans on when Title 42 is no longer needed, the White House official said, speaking on the condition of anonymity. Currently, under Title 42, all migrants except for children who cross the border unaccompanied may be sent back to Mexico without having a chance to have their asylum cases heard in the U.S. While many families and some single adults have been allowed in as exceptions, Immigration advocacy groups had sued the federal government to guarantee that families be allowed to make their claims in U.S. immigration courts. Amazing how they just don't care about COVID or the pandemic. Last month alone, CBP expelled over 55,000 parents and children who attempted to cross the border together. Since October, over 752,000 migrants have been expelled under Title 42. The possible pause or reversal of the plan to lift the order issued by the Trump admin March 20, 2020, follows a surge in COVID cases in the U.S., particularly those caused by the Delta variant and several other recent events that had put pressure on President Joe Biden's immigration policies. They say Texas AG Ken Paxton filed last week for a preliminary injunction that would block Biden from lifting the Title 42 
for accompanied children crossing the border, as it did at the beginning of the president's term. All right. Now, let's say they, 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 they don't lift this. Let's, there's, there's still more to consider. From the New York Post, House GOP rips Biden for border crisis. White House tells agents to prep for 1,200 families per day. Look, my, my respect to the families who love the idea of America so much they want to come here. I absolutely respect that. And to those taking the dangerous journey, 100%. I'm sorry. The U.S. can't incentivize this. People could be sick. People could be hurt. People are getting hurt. They're getting abandoned. What are we going to do? Just tell everybody, by all means, ditch these people in the desert. We cannot incentivize this. The New York Post says, House Republicans slammed President Biden and Democratic lawmakers for provoking the crisis at the southern U.S. border, as the administration reportedly is prepared to roll back another policy. This is Title 42. Republicans on the House Oversight and Judiciary Committees on Tuesday released a report obtained by Fox News that blames Biden for sparking the chaos at the border and House Democrats for ignoring repeated warnings from Republicans to the detriment of our safety, health and rule of law. Quote, after bold steps taken by Trump stemmed the flow of illegal immigrants coming to the United States, the Biden administration has not only reversed course on measures seeking to stop the influx of border crossings, but has instituted permissive policies and incentivized immigration through non-legal channels, the report says. While this crisis rages on in real time, Democrats have no plan and apparently no intention of acting to stop the Biden border crisis. They say the White House is planning on ending Title 442. This we, this we absolutely understand. But let's take this to the, 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 the more important context. What's going to happen to you? Now, I'll, I'll revisit these two points of data because I think this is important, but I have shown it before. First, the latest update from USA Today showing that in every state as of today, but Colorado, new cases are growing every single state. And we can see here in this map, the percentage of people who are fully vaccinated is, I think, what's, what's the highest state? Vermont with 67%. At least one dose, it gets a bit higher. But it does not seem that we have the high, the, 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 it doesn't seem we have enough people vaccinated to satisfy the CDC or Republicans or Democrats. So here's the issue. Have whatever opinion you want on vaccines, whatever opinion you want. My point is, if they are going to come to us and say, that if we do not get more people vaccinated, there will be lockdowns. Then why are they going to just allow these people to 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 come in without being checked? That will certainly reduce the amount, the percentage of people who are vaccinated. It will increase the risk of covid spread. But they're doing it anyway. That's why I feel like lockdowns are inevitable. Mitch McConnell warns of return to 2020 if covid vaccine rates don't increase. The New York Post reports a fresh wave of deaths and hospitalizations like the ones that crippled the country last year loom on the horizon if people don't wise, rise up and get vaccinated against COVID-19. Senate Minor Minority Leader Mitch McConnell warned, these shots need to get in everybody's arms as rapidly as possible or we're going to be back in a situation in the fall that we don't yearn for, that we went through last year. McConnell said in a news conference Tuesday, adding, this is not complicated. Asked about comments from Utah Governor Spencer Cox alleging, that conservative pundits are killing people with their rhetoric, McConnell stated that he encourages everybody to ignore all of these other voices that are giving demonstrably bad advice. McConnell's call to seek trusted and verified information about the virus and vaccines mirrors White House efforts this past week to counter false information that they say is spreading on social media. 
McConnell took to Twitter to promote his pro-vaccination remarks, tweeting a portion of them with the words get vaccinated at the top of his tweet. A new Axios Ipsos poll highlights the difficulties that government officials have had in convincing a significant segment of the American population to take the jab. Of the unvaccinated respondents to that poll, fully half said they are not at all likely to take it. The minority leader's statements come at a time when the Delta variant has led to a spike in COVID cases across the country, although without a corresponding increase in hospitalizations, hospitalizations and deaths. McConnell noted that among those who are currently hospital, hospitalized for COVID, 97% are unvaccinated. It never occurred to me that there would be difficulty getting Americans to get the shot. Across the country, some businesses and schools are mulling making vaccination mandatory, but thus far, the White House has balked at the notion of a federal mandate to take one of the three provisionally approved vaccines. But I will point out, as reported by the New York Post, get faxed or get ready for lockdowns, McConnell warns. That may be either hyperbolic or they changed the article. But I think the general sentiment is there. Maybe just insinuating we're going to go back to how it was in 2020 doesn't mean lockdowns. It means people getting sick and dying. But at the very least, I think it's fair to say, if the cases are on the rise again and you have the reemergence of mask mandates and uh, indoors and the CDC warnings, and now they're saying vaccinated or not, you should wear the masks. It seems entirely probable that lockdowns will follow suit and that, well, I can only assume the New York Post's initial uh, uh, sentiment was the correct sentiment. But to be fair, I will issue that caveat. The New York Post says one thing on Twitter. They don't actually show a quote from McConnell saying lockdowns will occur. But the warnings are still there. From Fox News, George P. Bush warns border crisis is not sustainable as he sues Biden over wall, hits Dems for fleeing. There are more than 188,000 migrants encountered in June alone. We get it. We understand. I think you understand. If we start seeing another surge in cases, if people can't or won't get vaccinated and the numbers don't rise, then what what are the proposed solutions? So I'll put it this way. When you look at the data from USA Today, we can see that those who have received at least one dose is actually much higher than those who are fully vaccinated. There's a really obvious reason for this. There is a wait period between shots. So it may just be that right now they say, are you vaccinated with at least one shot? A lot of people say yes. And they say, are you fully vaccinated? A certain percentage says no, simply because they may still be waiting until they go for their second vaccination shot. It could also be another common occurrence we've seen that some people have had adverse reactions, went to their doctors and their doctors advise them not to follow up. That percentage is likely very small relative to the amount of people who are getting the vaccine. But we can see that some people, for some reason, are getting one dose and not getting fully vaccinated, regardless of what, what the difference is. We take a look at states like Texas, 43% vaccination. We take a look at the southern states. We take a look at Florida, 48%. Oklahoma, 40 Okay. We see Louisiana, 36 New Mexico is 56 Arizona is 45%. Arizona is 36%. If people are coming through the border, not vaccinated, not tested, these numbers should start declining. It says how many people have been vaccinated in each state. They're not tracking citizens, as far as I know. That's not something they usually do because they do include illegal immigrants in these numbers. If we really are looking at going back to how things were in 2020, whether that means lockdowns or anything else, I simply say we, we blame Joe Biden. Joe, Joe, the Biden administration is not doing enough to stop this. 
the catch and release, the ending of Trump's policies has made it's made it all worse. That's why I find this video as, as shocking as I have. And we see these stories. And I definitely I pulled this article up because I want to make sure I always have the sources. Some people just won't believe it. The Biden administration was human trafficking. You think I'm kidding? Tucker Carlson slams Biden for secretly enlisting the military to resettle illegal immigrants around the country. As leaked emails reveal, soldiers were banned from taking pictures or posting about missions on social media. They say Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Burroughs told service members stationed they would be seeing passenger planes transporting migrants. One whistleblower posted a video and it was children, migrant children being smuggled into various states. Tennessee, in particular, when the Republicans there, when the politicians there found out, they were shocked. The Biden administration can't deal with the border. So they're sweeping the problem under the rug, but they're not testing people for COVID. And we're being threatened that things may go back to the way they were, which may be lockdowns through no fault of our own because CBP isn't doing their job because Biden isn't. But you know what Biden is doing? You know, the Democrats are doing refusing to help Cubans. And this to me is the, is the, is the, is the absolutely, it's the most hilarious and, and, and uh, absolutely ridiculous circumstance. I just will briefly mention two contradictory articles that I find hilarious. One from Politico, it's not a border crisis, it's a climate crisis. And then from the National Review, no, the border crisis isn't about climate change. We can see where the politics are sliding to. But take a look at this. Biden announces a plan, uh, Biden to announce sanctions on Cuban officials. Okay, so the U.S. is taking the uprising in Cuba seriously. Are the Democrats going to help people who are in Cuba come to the U.S.? The answer is no. The Orlando Sentinel says Florida Democrats struggle with response to Cuban protests. Oh, and that's putting it lightly. I'll put it this way. Anybody who is trying to come to the southern border because they are truly a refugee from Mexico or an asylum seeker, I think we should help them. If they're coming from a country that is not Mexico, why don't they just ask for asylum in Mexico? If in my town someone threatened me, I wouldn't try to go to Japan. I wouldn't travel across the world. I wouldn't try to go to Honduras or Guatemala. Those are far, far away. If I was at risk in the U.S., I'd probably just, if, depending on what it was, like let's say there's political persecution for people of certain political beliefs in the country, I'd say I'll go to Mexico. That's it. So these people in Brazil, in South America, and some even from Africa flying into Brazil are coming to the southern border. They are not asylum seekers. I mean, to a certain extent, maybe. But couldn't you stay in any one of these countries you moved through? In Cuba, it's different. 90 miles from Cuba, Florida. Many Cuban uh, expats, Cubans in exile live in Florida. So these Cubans have resources, have family, and have proximity. Why would the Democrats say no to these Cuban migrants, refugees, but just open the gates and let people walk on in? Some have said it's because Cubans are more likely to vote Republican. And that may be. Perhaps that is the reality. I don't know. I can't tell you. What I can tell you is that Cubans oppose communism. Last night on Timcast IRL, we had an actual member of the anti-Castro underground say that Black Lives Matter are dangerous. They're Marxists. And if they ever gain true power, they're going to start killing people. And that was a scary thought. A lot of people don't realize what it means when you raise the red salute as they're doing marching through the street. 
But we've seen what happens in other countries. Now, these people in Cuba, if they come to Florida, what happens? They vote Republican. We saw it. A safe Democrat district turned Republican. No one saw that coming. But it was mostly Cubans and individuals with experience dealing with socialism and communism who said no way to these Democrats. At the national level, we see people like Ocasio-Cortez. We see Black Lives Matter. They support Castro, the Castro family. They support the communists. So the Democrats aren't going to allow that to come here. This is not necessarily this, the, the issue of Cuba is not the same. It's not the same issue as what's threatening us with COVID necessarily. But it shows you how politics plays a role, doesn't it? Or at least insinuates there's no reason to deny these Cubans fleeing communist dictatorship. There's absolutely a reason to bar the people who are coming through the border who are not asylum seekers or refugees. Now, as for those fleeing from Cuba, we should test them for COVID. Sure. Quarantine them for a couple weeks. Why don't we even do that with these people entering the border in, in, in Del Rio? To me, it is, I mean, I, I find it to be absolutely insane, but you know, it looks like this country is just not making any sense anymore. There's no cohesive plan, no functioning structure. So I can't tell you where that leaves us other than some weird state of freefall. I kind of feel like the U.S. is a big ship. And like in the cartoons, a hole bursts open inside of the ship. And the cartoon character puts his finger in the hole. But then another hole pops open. He puts his finger in that hole and water keeps entering the ship. And so one, one at a time, he's putting a finger and then a foot and then his nose and then his ears trying to plug every hole. We can't do that forever. We've got a pandemic, which has caused massive economic destruction. Well, I should say the lockdowns did. A pandemic, lockdowns, economic collapse, inflation, labor shortages, a migrant crisis at the border, COVID, potential lockdowns. You've got, I mean, look at all these things that are happening at the same time. Isn't it crazy? Joe Biden talking about the insurrectionists, the voting bills that are a threat to our democracy worse than the Civil War. Black Lives Matter, a rising political faction praising communists in Cuba and the revolution, as they call it. Man, dark days indeed. The, 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 the Biden administration talking about spying on people's messages, labeling them disinformation or misinformation, calling on cross-platform bannings, saying they'll work with, text, uh, with, with phone companies to, to censor private text messages. Joe Biden just coming out and saying they, he wants to ban any weapon that has the ability to fire multiple rounds, which is basically every weapon. It is just it has been turned up to 11, hasn't it? If you get the reference. The rhetoric the, the escalation, everything across the board. You know, I was researching this story, this segment, and initially I was going to be talking about the lockdowns. I was like, wow, Mitch McConnell is saying lockdowns may be coming back. Maybe, maybe they're interpreting that wrong, to be fair, right? And then I, and then I see this video of the, of the people just crossing the border, and I'm like, there's going to be lockdowns. How could there not be if they just let these people walk on in, and, and, and COVID is up 900% among these, this group? How could there not be a lockdown? They need to lock down the border, but they're not. As we've seen with Democrats, they propose national level politics for local issues. So maybe it makes sense for the border to be locked down and for a big, beautiful wall to exist to stop people from coming through. Not there. No, nope, that's wide open. Catch and release. What about people who want to enter this country legally? 
oh, you can't. And most people know it. I've got a friend who, who, who I tried to come to the US from uh, Eastern Europe. Sorry, can't do it. Now, if someone's from Africa and they fly to Brazil and then travel up the southern border, they make it in. Not everybody did. But you see the problem here. It's breaking. It, it, it is breaking. It is, cr- it is fractured. It is falling apart. The political tribes are, 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 are split in a million ways. And sure enough, I think it's entirely possible. The Democrats will eventually implement more restrictions. But will the Republicans? You see, I mentioned Mitch McConnell saying it might go back to the way things were, which may be lockdowns. Okay. Mitch McConnell's a Republican. But are the governors going to do this? The governors have been decently pro-vaccination and said vaccination is the key to reopening their states. And they did. The blue states will will lock down. I, I, I absolutely think they will. The red states won't. I don't know what that means for this country in terms of moving forward, but I certainly think it will just result in more anxiety, hyperpolarization, and then conflict. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. There are a lot of really dumb things that Joe Biden said at his presidential town hall, but there's also some callous things he said, and it signals to me that the Biden administration knows they are destroying the economy and they don't care. Joe Biden, speaking to a frustrated restaurant owner, said that he should pay staff more money if he wants to attract new staff after hearing how high COVID benefits are stopping people from seeking jobs and driving inflation. That's right, my friends. Inflation is on the rise. The data shows it. This could affect housing prices. It's going to make it harder for people to become independent. It's going to make it harder for them to buy goods. And it's going to force prices up. And it's artificially being done. As you know, the Biden administration has been running this $300 unemployment benefit thing. And it's been going on for some time. It's not just Biden, but Biden's continuing it. So people have no reason to go to work. Thus, these businesses are forced to pay substantially more than $15 an hour. This, is, this, this shows you the sheer ineptitude, stupidity, and incompetence of the Biden administration. Sorry, that's just reality. We know that the high unemployment is resulting in massive inflation. Let me send a message to all those on the left, those Democrats who are saying, just pay more. Nobody wants to work these jobs. Yes, this is true. No, it is. It is. Listen, we're hiring and I've got way too many resumes and applications. We pay decently well. Uh, you know, Tim, I'm, I'm, I'm lefty. A lot of people, you know, might want to come work here and you know what's up. But we only have so many positions and we have people begging. We get emails like crazy and much respect to everybody who wants to work here. Not everybody can. So we've been hiring. We'd love to hire everybody. It's not possible unless everyone becomes a member at TimCast.com. Then we'll hire everybody. Sure. The point is, there are people who are willing to work for less money if the job is a fun job and, they're, and they're, it's something they're passionate about and it gives their life meaning. That's true. However, we actually don't pay. We, we pay substantially more than $15 an hour based on the salaries that we pay. The issue is there are a lot of people who don't want to go and work for fast food restaurants. There are a lot of people who don't want to work at Walmart. I absolutely respect not wanting to work at these places. However, there are also things that people need to do and some jobs need to be done. Not every job. I'm not a big fan of fast food, but there are people who have that. There's a demand for it. So right now what's happening is demand for these fast food restaurants, for uh, these fast casual restaurants is, being, is, the, stay, is the same. 
but supply is being artificially limited by the actions of the Biden administration. Now, we can argue it's all part of the Great Reset and their climate change stuff. And they're like, we're going to destroy the economy and destroy your life for our ideology. And that may be. Or it could just be that Biden is as dumb as a box of rocks. And he's like, we're giving unemployment. Why don't you just pay more? Let me explain something to y'all. You can't just pay more. Okay. If, if, if someone, uh, technically you can, but listen, if they're giving people 15 to $16 an hour in unemployment, you can't offer $15 an hour because they're going to be like, why I get that for free now? What's the job going to get me? Free Taco Bell? Well, I already get free Taco Bell. I get 15 bucks an hour from the, from the government. Okay. 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 How about $17 an hour? Hmm. You play a hard bargain, but that basically means you're offering me $2 an hour. You get it? If I'm getting $15 an hour for nothing and you offer me $20 an hour, you're basically saying that if I add 40 hours a week to my life to work at Taco Bell, I get five bucks an hour because I'm already getting free money. Tough sell. You could maybe double it, 30 bucks an hour. Eh, Well, now I have twice as much money. Still, how much is someone's time really worth? The reality is for a lot of people, time is priceless. You can never get it back. So when given a universal basic income or guaranteed income, people will choose to live very humbly if it means they can kick back, sip some pina coladas and not have to do a whole lot of work. You know what? It's not all bad. And the real, there, there is the reality of Americans being overweight, gluttonous, body, body positivity, all that stuff. How about you go in your backyard, you chop some, some wood and you use that for your fire and you be responsible for yourself. I'm not saying everybody can. Not everybody can. I'm saying, you know, let's... Uh, Reduce, reuse, and recycle. Hey, how about that? However, what whatever is happening, if it, assuming is it is it is unintentional, then we have a failure of a moronic presidency that is destroying the American economy, while China certainly is not suffering that fate. So I can't imagine this is actually the the, the consequence of some greater global initiative by a cabal of conspiracists, because China isn't being constrained; they're growing rapidly and polluting like crazy. No, this is a psychotic stupid administration that doesn't understand what's happening and does not care. That's why Joe Biden can look this man in the face and say, just pay him more money. You want to see what happens? There's a ripple effect. Take a look at this story from TimCast.com. Taco Bell's menu suffers due to supply shortages. The popular drive through Mexican chain quietly noted the news online. And it's not just Taco Bell. Many other outlets are suffering uh, shortages. There's a chicken shortage. There's a beef shortage. When you, this is the thing that Biden doesn't understand because he's not smart, right? It's not just fast food. It's not just restaurants. Because those are the surface layer levels of supply, we notice it. Okay, so there's a diner near me, and I mentioned this several times, closing at 5 p.m. That shocked me. It's a diner. I mean, diner is supposed to be 24 hours, right? Closes at 5 p.m. and half the restaurant is already closed off. They have no staff. They can't, they don't have enough uh, cooks in the kitchen, which is funny. It's the opposite of what people normally say. Not enough. And there's not enough wait staff. So they've just reduced how much they can actually supply the demand. This is ultimately going to result in uh, massive infrastructure collapse, massive, massive shortages across the board. Let me explain. You go to the diner, you, you can see the diner. You go to the diner, you go for breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever. What you don't do is you don't go to the steel mill. You don't walk to your neighborhood steel mill and boop, 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 and say, how many employees do you got? You don't see that in the immediate. What you do see is 
the secondary effect. And that's Taco Bell. Taco Bell has shortages as well. All these fast food restaurants. So we know when we go to Taco Bell and they're like, we're hiring, we're desperate, we, you know, we're struggling. And you see these stores where it's like the signs on the door saying like, we all quit. You know, that's the first layer of disruption because people are getting paid more by the government. Then eventually Taco Bell puts out a notice due to shortages. We can't supply certain items because here's what happens next. You might not go to the, the, the beef factory, the factory farm. And so you don't see the shortages and what's happening. Taco Bell and these restaurants are desperately trying to mitigate the, the damage. They're offering up specials on chicken or, well, chicken wings are shortage, in shortage too. But they'll be like, hey, we got a big bargain bin on these items. And that could help alleviate the shortage. People might say, I really want a cheeseburger. Ah, but our chicken sandwiches are half off. In which case they're like, okay, I'll have the chicken sandwich instead. And then that saves some of the supply of beef. But eventually the beef runs out. Eventually, when people aren't working at the beef factory farm, there's no beef. When there's no beef, there's no Taco Bell. And so here we are. Let me, let me actually just read the story for you guys. Uh, the Daily Mail reports restaurant owner John Lanny asked Biden what he was going to do to get more people back to work. The president responded by telling Lanny it was down to him to pay more workers. The president was speaking at a half-empty town hall in Cincinnati when he was asked by Ohio restaurant owner John Lanny how he planned to resolve the labor crisis unfolding across America. Lanny owns the Thunderdome Restaurant Group, which has 39 restaurants across the country, but said he, like thousands of others, can't find staff willing to take jobs because they earn more to do nothing and claim COVID payments. The result is fast moving inflation that is already presenting itself in stores, bars and restaurants across the country. And I'll, I'll add this too. one thing I missed. Let's say the restaurant says, fine, we'll pay $30 an hour. Now, they used to be paying 10 bucks. They used to pay $10. They have just tripled their labor cost, desperate to get anyone to do the job. And they said, we found it. 30 bucks an hour is that sweet spot. And now people are starting to say, man, I'll take 30 bucks an hour to sell cheeseburgers. And so now let's do some math. If one person can make one cheeseburger, can make, uh, let's, just, let's just give it really simplified math. I know it's not good, not good uh, analogy math, but one cheeseburger per hour, the restaurant requires $5 in materials for the cheeseburger and, and $10 in labor cost for the cheeseburger, which means it's $15 for the cheeseburger. All right. I know not good math, but not good analogy, but you get the general idea. In order, in order to make a profit for the restaurant, then, and, and, and so let's put it this way, all costs overhead for the burger. Let's say it's $15. The restaurant's going to want to sell it for $16 to, to, to make a profit for the restaurant, which basically means the owner that's where his cut comes from. 16 bucks for that burger. $10 of that is labor. You're paying someone 10 bucks an hour to make a burger. Now, $30 an hour is the minimum people are willing to, to, to get paid to do it. Now the burger is going to cost $36. Somebody walks in and says, I'm not spending $36 on a burger, and they don't buy it. It's impossible. It is impossible. Biden is burning this country to the ground. There was a barbecue joint not too far from me. I posted this photo on Instagram as well. They said, due to the price of beef, we will no longer be serving brisket for the time being. They said, it isn't worth it for us to sell at cost. And it's too expensive to sell for what we need to charge. Because I think it was like 20 bucks for a sandwich versus like 10 bucks for chicken. So they said, we're not going to sell it. Nobody's going to want it. We're going to sit on it. And it's going to waste our money. Think about that. That's crazy, isn't it? We could buy the beef, 
for double the cost, but we know we can't sell it. So what's the point? We just won't do it. Look at this. Quote, the entire industry, among other industries, continues to struggle to find employees. How do you and the Biden administration plan to incentivize those that haven't returned to work yet? Hiring is our top priority right now. Lanny, who owns restaurants in Ohio, where the unemployment rate is still 5.2%, despite ending the benefits early, asked the president. In response, Biden wiped his hands on the issue and said it was the industry's responsibility. He then claimed the government had done enough to keep restaurants open during the pandemic. Oh, this is amazing. He's like, you remember we paid billions to keep you open, huh? Bro, y'all shut everything down. The least you could do was cover the basic costs. But no, food spoiled. A bunch of these restaurants were just gone. You know, I guess we got a lot of people on this planet. I would not be surprised if Joe Biden ideologically was just giddy, giddy with glee that they're burning down the private sector. For one, it gives them more authoritarian control. Two, all the climate change people are probably happy, right? The earth is healing, the New York Times said. Lanny later said that Biden didn't answer the question, and other restaurant owners said the response showed the the president does not understand the labor crisis unfolding in his country. Inflation is accelerating, the Wall Street Journal reports. Higher used auto prices continue to push consumer price index up, along with increases for new autos, airline fares, and apparel. Everything's way more expensive, man. You know, so we're, we're out here in the middle of nowhere, and we have people flying all the time for the Timcast IRL show. We, we, we recently had a guest who was, uh, you know, went out to the store to grab some food. Some people don't like to go out to eat, you know, especially with what's going on. You know, I don't know. Sometimes you go on a trip and you're like, do you guys want to go out to eat? Now let's just go to the store and buy some stuff and put it in the fridge. And they were like, they came back and said, I didn't realize how expensive all the food was out here. And I said, out here? When was the last time you actually went to a grocery store? Oh, good point. I remember it was last year. It was late last year. So it was uh, not, not, it was almost a year ago. And I went to the store and we, 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 we had a, a, the shopping cart, maybe like half full and it was hundreds of dollars. And I was just like, something's wrong. And I'm like, looking, I'm like, no, 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 that, that, that price can't be right. I was like, something's wrong with here. Cause like, we didn't expect to spend that. It was like some, 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 we, we got some stuff for like barbecuing or something. I can't remember. Um, or for making burgers. No, no, the prices were all correct. They're just skyrocketing. Joe Biden knows it. Kamala Harris knows it. They all know it. And it's not just food that's going to go up. U.S. inflation continued to accelerate in June at the fastest pace in 13 years. That's from the Wall Street Journal. The Labor Department said last month's consumer price index increased 5.4% from a year ago, the highest 12-month rate since August 2008. The so-called... <laughs> oh, since the economic crisis. Great. The so-called core price index which excludes the often volatile categories of food and energy, rose 4.5% from a year before. The index measures what consumers pay for goods and services, including clothes, groceries, restaurants, meals. You get the point. They say it increased a seasonally adjusted 0.9% in June from May, the largest one-month change since June 2008. Okay. Um, I don't know if you guys are prepping, but uh, I guess you can say I'm prepping. Not for the end of the world. Usually when you say prepping, people assume you think zombies are coming. No, I'm prepping for the economic collapse. I'm prepping for the slow rolling economic collapse that we're literally watching. We are seeing shortages of food across the country. Fast food restaurants. I think Wendy's, Taco Bell, a couple of uh, KFC, a couple other places. There was a commercial I saw where they were like, there's a wing shortage. So we're selling thighs. And it's like, 
Do people know what's happening right now? I want to explain to all y'all. The Biden administration knows they're doing this. Like the unemployment benefits are making it so people don't work. This is UBI. This is exactly what I've been saying. I'm, I'm, I'm proud to say I was completely right about UBI. Hey, take that one, Joe Rogan. No, I'm just kidding, Joe. No, but Joe was asking me about UBI. He's a big proponent of it. And there's these people who seem to think that they're like with universal basic income, the economy will improve. And I'm like, if people don't have to work, why would they? You are giving people, uh, it's a free ride to the top of the mountain. It's a, it's a lift chair. Why would they climb the mountain if they don't have to? They can go to the top, take what they want and leave. That's what's happening. And they know what's happening. It's universal basic income effectively, and people won't work because they don't have to. Now, I love this one. Check this out. CNBC. Biden's inflation speech reflects concerns that rising prices will hurt Democrats in 2022. See, this is why I say I don't think it's about climate change, the Great Reset, whatever it is. I think Joe Biden's just a moron because they know this is going to come back to haunt them and it's going to get bad. They know it. They're not smart enough to do anything about it. CNBC says President Joe Biden addressed voters who are worried about inflation on Monday, arguing that his domestic spending plans would help keep prices low over the next decade. The short speech reflected a growing concern among Democrats that rising prices could hurt them in next year's midterm elections. Economists believe the price hikes are only temporary. The question for politicians is how temporary? They're not temporary. That's the stupidest argument ever. What they're basically saying is like, oh, it's just we're playing catch up, right? Because we shut down the economy and reopened it, and now there's a big surge in demand. So that's causing prices to artificially go up for the short term. Once, once demand normalizes, they'll go back down. Deflate? Yeah, maybe. But nobody's working. Maybe what they're expecting to happen is after they strangle the economy and destroy a good portion of the small business, then people will be forced to buy from the likes of Amazon, and then Amazon can get rid of their competition and lower their prices. Is that what you think is going to happen? Is that, is that the plan? Very well maybe. They're strangling out small business with everything they're doing, and it's going to hit everyone. From the New York Times, rising rents threaten to prop up inflation. Officials at the Federal Reserve and White House thought fast price gains would pass. Rent increases could make it a slow fade. Let's go back to that burger analogy. $36 burgers, because you got to pay 30 bucks an hour to get someone to work that job. The burger now costs 36. Why $5 in materials, $30 in overhead and labor. And then you want to turn a profit. You'll say, please, just $1 now. Most restaurants are going to say a one in 36 margin. That's not good. Restaurants run operate on razor thin margins as it is. So maybe they'll take the free dollar. But that means they need to sell hundreds of burgers to pay the, 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 the business owner. The guy who owns it probably works there. Or maybe not. Maybe the profit isn't really what's important for the, for the business to keep functioning. But if there's no one, if, if, if you know, the owner himself isn't making money, you can incorporate his salary into there. But then we're, we're basically going to say the burger's going to cost 40 bucks. Anyway, I digress. The burger analogy. Well, now there's a guy who uh, owns a building. And he charges a thousand bucks a month for rent for his, uh, stu- his studio apartment just on the outskirts of the city. You know, rent is kind of high. Um, well, I shouldn't say it's kind of high. That's like, I, I don't know, a thousand moderate for some areas, depending on where you are in like New York, a studio apartment can be more than that substantially. But if you're in the outskirts, it could, it could get lower, you know, out in the middle of nowhere I'm at, where I'm at, it's like three bedroom is like 1250. So now the landlord says, uh, you know, it's a thousand bucks per month for the studio and for all the studios. Well, he's got to hire a maintenance crew. The maintenance crew comes to him and says, guy, 
uh, we're not getting paid enough to do this anymore. He says, what do you mean? We, we, we're paying you really well. You get 25 bucks an hour. And he goes, well, to be completely honest, Wendy's is paying 36, you know, 30 bucks an hour. And more importantly, regardless of that, I can't afford the burgers anymore. It used to be that I could buy a burger or two every hour I worked. Now I can't even buy one. Look, if I'm going to feed my family and bring them to restaurants and things like that, you got to pay me more. Now that guy who normally got 25 bucks an hour is saying, I need a comparable compensation increase. And that is somebody who's going to maintain that building. So the landlord says, look, man, we don't make that much money off rent. I can't pay you that much. And they says, then charge more in rent. And the landlord says, I can't. We're locked in. These people have a lease for the rest of the year. This is going to hit hard because now you're going to have maintenance crews leaving saying, I quit. The landlord's going to say, I can't charge people more. So what do landlords do? Sell. Who are they going to sell to? Big investment firms that can handle those, those costs and losses. This is going to start shifting home ownership and building ownership to major corporations and investment firms that can, that can afford it. And it will absolutely contribute to the inflation costs of food and resources. You know, I think the path we're on is really obvious. The end result should be very obvious to you. You will own nothing and you will be happy. The only problem is I can say you will own nothing, but uh, come on, guys, you know, I'll own something. Oh, that's right. The privileged elites. You think you think people who are well off are going to be suffering? It's the regular people who are going to be suffering from all of this. I'm not going to sit here and, 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 and act like I, uh, you know, my business isn't successful. I know it is. And it worries me. The only reason my business works is because I have people like you who are capable and able to support it. So here's what I mean to say. The ultra rich, they're not going to let their wealth disappear. They're going to own everything, but you will own nothing. And when you own nothing, independent grassroots organizations and many well-off businesses will suffer for it. So, here, so here's what I mean to say, not to overly disparage myself to pretend like I'm some great elite or anything like that, because I do think we would suffer if we lost membership, if people couldn't afford. We get messages from people all the time saying, I can't afford it anymore, and that's worrying. And you know, in order for us to grow this business, we need your support. But what I mean to say is the people who will own everything, they're not going to work for it. The smart, rich people are going to take their resources, invest it into owning, not doing, and make you do the work and they'll own it. We're headed towards oligarchy and it's going to be extreme. And that's the, that's a scary thing to me. You know, I'd love nothing more than to just uh, take the van down by the river, go fishing. But what I see happening in this future is that the average person will not be allowed to own things, not because they'll say you literally can't but because this, the economic system will be built in such a way that it'll be impossible to do so. I was looking at property in Ukraine years ago, wondering like, how much does it cost? It's got to be super cheap for property in Ukraine, right? Nope. You, houses and apartments are comparable to the cost of houses and apartments in the United States. And I asked my friend, why is that? How can anybody who makes 400 bucks a month, because Ukrainians don't make that much, afford buying this massive property? My friend said, they can't. It's owned by all the ultra rich, the oligarchs. They control the population that way. You want to live in my house? It's effectively corporate rule. They gave up communism, but absorbed oligarchy. And they call them oligarchs. That's scary, man. I don't want to live in that world. And that's why I've actually long been a proponent of, uh, I, I think, I, 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 don't, I don't believe in the idea of like maximum wage, but I do believe wealth disparity is a huge problem that needs to be solved. We don't need people who are a million times wealthier than the average person. Hey, I'm a little bit lefty in that regard. So here's what I hope that all of you watching content like this can do so by doing so will prepare yourselves and protect yourselves in the event of whatever it is to come. 
And I'll put it this way. If I want to keep running my business, having, having success with what I do, it's only possible if you are successful. I'd like a functioning economy to, to keep existing. But I don't know, man. I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. Uh, so forgive me if it was a little crass when I was trying to make my point about, you know, uh, I know that I'll be successful. What I, meant, what I meant to say is there are going to be people who own things and they're going to do everything in their power to take away from other people. The people who have money now are probably going to be safe. And I'm, I'll just be upfront, although uh, perhaps a little crass. So apologies. I didn't mean to be uh, disrespectful in that regard. I'm just trying to warn you that there's going to be people of means and success and wealth. They're going to be fine. That's worrisome because we need, well, I believe in freedom. I believe in liberty. I believe in the right of the individual to pursue happiness. And I believe in meritocracy. And this is this end result is feudalism. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. One of the best things about a Donald Trump presidency was his inability to shut the up. You know, you know what I mean? By, what I mean by this is Donald Trump would just come out and say it. And so many people were refreshed by Donald Trump's lack of a filter. He called a woman a horse face on Twitter, and I kind of cringe like, it, I, it's funny, but come on, the president's supposed to be better than that. But, uh, you know, it was refreshing to see the presidency in such a way that, you know, Donald Trump talks about the oil in the Middle East, how our, our troops are guarding it, talking about these weapons deals. I, I bring this up all the time because I'm like, this was a good thing. It was a president who was just being like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get all the oil, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, wow, he's just saying it. Some honesty. It's a little refreshing. Well, I got to be honest. Our current president's brain ain't all with it. And with that comes a whole lot of honesty. The reporting from TimCast.com, Biden, I'm pushing to end the sale of multiple round rifles and pistols. Now, when I first saw this story, you know, Joe Biden, he gives this, this town hall and I'm like, no, 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 no. Clearly, he must be really saying he wants to ban specifically the magazines. Okay, so this has been one of the one of the big issues for the left. Or I shouldn't say the left. That's unfair to leftists who like guns. Whatever your criticism is of socialists, communists, and leftists, they like guns. They like firing squads. It's like the butcher of, uh, you know, you know, Che Guevara. I, f- I forgot the name of the place. I call them the butcher because he's the firing squads. But anyway, yeah, the, the leftists love uh, their, you know, their, their weapons and everything. But anyway, among the Democrats, they want to get rid of what they call high capacity magazines, which has always been really confusing to me because I'm like, I mean, is it a really is it really a big issue if someone has a 500 round drum or belt or something? I mean, geez, that's high capacity, right? Because standard capacity would be like a 100 round drum. I'm kidding, by the way. No, Democrats think that anything over 10 rounds is high capacity, which is just absolutely absurd. And most people I talk to at gun stores or gun enthusiasts say 30 rounds is standard. And actually, that's yes, that's true. I mean, when you when you get a weapon, they don't you have to legislate to make manufacturers sell these tiny magazines for these weapons. But anyway, I'm like, no, no, no. Joe Biden's talking about high capacity magazines from the Democrat perspective, right? Wrong. What Joe Biden said was weapons that have the ability to take Larger magazines should be banned. And that was like a whoopsie. You let the cat out of the bag on that one. Uh, Joe Biden, he just came on and said it. I can respect that. It's better than the Democrats being like, nobody wants to ban your guns. Quick, ban their guns. Just come out and say, we're going to ban your guns. And I say, okay, I won't vote for you. But therein lies the problem.
They need to lie to people in order to get the votes. The other day, we had Ricardo and Jose Lamas on the Tim Castaro podcast. Uh, Ricardo's an MMA fighter. Jose uh, was an, a member of the anti-Castro underground revolutionaries. These are the people challenging the communists in the 60s. And he said that one day, Fidel Castro asked the famous question, guns, for what? And everyone was like, hey, that's a, that's a good point. For what? I have no answer. And then everybody gave up their weapons. Congratulations. Now they live under a communist dictatorship. Guns for what? For defending ourselves, our friends, and our families from tyranny, from oppression, from crime, from foreign invasion, threats both foreign and domestic. Joe Biden, the Democrats, they're getting dangerously close to that authoritarian question. Guns for what? In fact, they've already asked it, basically. I mean, there was that famous moment. I think it was Joe Biden. He ripped off the joke from, I think it was Robin Williams, where he says, what do you need 15 rounds for? Is the deer wearing Kevlar? Is the deer wearing Kevlar? And you know, what's funny is that that plays really well to people who have no idea what they're talking about when it comes to guns. If the deer was wearing Kevlar, I'm pretty sure my 5.56 or my 308 is not going to be concerned about the Kevlar because Kevlar doesn't stop rounds like, oh, I guess if the deer was wearing plate level four or whatever, or frass flexible rifle armor, was it flexible rifle armor systems, frass? I got some of that. And then there's dragon scale. Dragon scale is cool. It's where the ceramic plates overlap each other. Okay. If you wanted to come out and said, the deer is wearing dragon scale, I'd still be like, you aim for, you're hunting, you aim for the head, I guess. It's a stupid point. These people don't know what they're talking about. They want to take away your guns because they know that, that guns do one thing. Empower you Level the playing field between tyranny, violence, and uh, violent, tyr- uh, violent tyranny and regular people. Here's a story from TimCast.com. During CNN town hall on Wednesday night, President Biden said that he is pushing to end the sale of pistols and rifles that have the ability to file, fire multiple rounds. Biden also boasted that he passed legislation to eliminate assault weapons. Quote, I'm the only guy that ever got passed legislation when I was a senator to make sure we eliminated assault weapons, Biden said, referencing the 1994 federal assault weapons ban. The ban had no effect on firearm homicide rates or the number of mass shootings. In fact, a 2014 study found murder rates were 19.3% higher when the federal ban was in effect. Quote, the idea that you need a weapon that can have the ability to fire 20, 30, 40, 50, 120 shots from that weapon, whether it's a whether it's a nine millimeter pistol or whether it's a rifle is ridiculous, Biden said. I'm continuing to push to eliminate the sale of those things, but I'm not likely to get that done in the near term. Wait, 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 ban those things? Yes, weapons that can have the ability to fire multiple rounds, 20, 30, 40, 50, 120. So there's a couple things we can infer from this. A weapon standard right now, like AR-15 or 9mm, they can take detachable magazines. You can attach a drum. Um... So you can have a magazine that takes 60 rounds, these big, or uh, 60, I think maybe, uh, I'm pretty sure 60, right? Yeah, maybe, oh, 30, but you can have drums as well. I can't remember what I have back at the, in, in the warehouse, but is Joe Biden saying he's going to ban a gun, all guns? The answer is yes. Why? Theoretically, we could be arguing that his statement truly means that he thinks ar 15 should be modified to be single load weapons or something. That that makes no sense. I mean, what, 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 what is he saying? That all AR-15s should be modified to be able to just, you know, you open it, you push in the round, and then you close it, and you can shoot, and then you open it, you push it around. He's not saying that. He's saying modern weapons with attachable magazines, he wants to ban. 
because you can make magazines of any size. And I saw this one really cool video where a guy made uh, um, reloading tubes for a 12 gauge and it was this big, long plastic tube and he just like pushes it all in at once and then drops and then the shotgun's good to go. It's cool stuff. So Joe Biden is coming out and say it. He's just coming out and saying he's not he's saying he's not going to get it done, but at least he's saying it. Timcast.com reports further. Biden has previously made false statements about the 1994 federal assault weapons ban and the Second Amendment. During a speech in June, for example, Biden said the Second Amendment from the day it was passed included restrictions on guns. The funny thing about that is he's talking about slaves. Yeah. The Second Amendment from the day it was passed limited the type of people who could own a gun and what type of weapon you could own. You couldn't buy a cannon. Eh, wrong. You could. Biden said at the time, however, the Second Amendment places no limitations on the people. It was built to place limitations on the government by protecting the people's right to bear arms. Additionally, for the vast majority of the history of the U.S., you could, in fact, buy a cannon or any gun with no federal restrictions. It was not until 1934 when the first federal gun law was passed and the states were not bound by the Second Amendment until the 14th Amendment was ratified in 1868. The Democrats don't want to take your guns. They, they come out and they say, nobody wants to take your guns. It's already illegal in many states to have many regular guns. And, and I'll give you the example I love to cite. In Maryland, the M1A is a banned assault rifle. Why? Serious question, why? Now, of course, I cite the M1A because I'm familiar with the M1A. I own one. Don't have one here in Maryland, of course, because that would be illegal. But the SCAR 20S, a more modern AR-style 308, legal, absolutely legal. The M1A is essentially um, a better version of the M1 Garand, which used clips. With the clips, is like you'd have like a metal clip and you'd put the bullets in it and it would feed up. Um, so the M1A, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't want to disparage the M1A. I'm, I'm a fan. I think it's fantastic. But you look at the SCAR 20S, which is a more modern AR variant with detachable magazines, and the, and the M1A has, has, has it as well. But I look at the, the SCAR 20S, it's got a scope, and it's got, you know, people put the bipod on it. And I mean, sure, you can modify the M1A, of course. But why is one band not the other? I mean, I, in fact, I, I, I'm pretty sure the M1A is chambered at, uh, at, at 7.62, which is a, a, lower, uh, a lower pressure than the 308. And the SCAR 20S is 308. So theoretically, the SCAR 20S is like more powerful. But anyway, I digress. It's, 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 it's pointless. That's ultimately the point. There's no real rhyme or reason as to why it is or isn't illegal. In fact, you know, Benelli shotgun. Oh, well, it's got a, it's got a pistol grip. Therefore, it's semi-automatic with a pistol grip. It's illegal. But the KSG 25 double magazine tube tactical shotgun, <laughs> that's fine. Their, their laws make no sense. But my friends, I ask you, I ask you, you support the police. You say blue lives matter. And I say, to what end? You don't live in the cities for the most part. Some of you do. But many of you live in the middle of nowhere where you don't need the police. And perhaps that's where the bias comes from. For the people who care about defending themselves, they probably don't interact with police all that often and think, what's wrong? We need police, right? I bring you now to where we are headed in Joe Biden's America from BearingArms.com. Ohio woman arrested over gun after she called the police. What do you think the world is going to be like when Joe Biden gets his way? Joe Biden's going to have his stupid uh, executive orders on, on AR style pistols, with pistols with braces. Oh, they're short barreled rifles, he'll say. He'll, they'll, they'll, they'll add new, new items to the NFA. You'll get uh, 50 BMGs banned. And what happens to the person who owns it? 
Well, there is a case right now where a guy had, um, they, they have these like home um, um, production kits, I guess, 80% lowers. I'm not super well-versed on this stuff, but the, the general idea was the ATF said these are fine. People went out and bought them. Then they went, you know what? We changed our mind. They're not fine. And then they show up to a guy's house and arrest them. That's where we're headed for bearing arms. Duty to inform is a legal obligation on a gun owner to tell police they're armed during any kind of contact with law enforcement. Some people, especially officers, like this because it keeps surprises to a minimum. Some gun carriers do it even without a duty to inform because they don't want officers getting punchy if they see a firearm. Obviously, there are some who want this to be law of the land. I am not one of them, frankly. I don't tell the police I'm a registered voter or that I exercise my right to free speech on a daily basis. So I don't see any reason to tell them I'm exercising my right to keep and bear arms. I just also make sure they have no reason to suspect I'm reaching for a firearm either. Frankly, I do that whether I'm armed or not. Part of why I oppose duty to inform laws is that people in stressful situations may well forget to tell the police things. That includes that they're armed for whatever reason. That seems to have landed one Ohio woman in handcuffs after she called the police herself. Quote, in the fight to change the law regarding the duty to promptly notify a law enforcement officer that one is legally exercising their right to bear arms in the state of Ohio, Buckeye Firearms Association is often asked what harm is the current law actually causing? Another such example comes to us this week from the city of Warren, where a woman who called the police for help in removing a wanted man from her home was charged for having forgotten to notify the officer that she had a concealed handgun license and had her firearm in her purse. She was legally bearing arms and these scumbag cops charged her for it when she called them back the blue. You want to defend yourself. You want a right to keep and bear arms. You want to protect your home and your family. And these cops arrested a woman when she did everything right. So no, I'm not going to support them. A worn woman who called the police to remove a man from her home was cited for failing to tell officers she had a gun in her purse. Police say they seized the concealed carry permit and a handgun from Ashley High School after she had called officers to remove a man who was at her Commerce Street townhouse early Tuesday. Officers arrested the man after confirming high school's claim that he is wanted on a warrant out of Cuyahoga County. One of the officers also asked dispatchers about the 33-year-old woman and discovered high school had a permit to carry a concealed weapon. When the officer asked her about a permit, she showed him a 9mm handgun she carried in her purse. Asked why she didn't tell the officers that she had the gun as required under Ohio law and taught in CCW classes, high school said she didn't know she had to do that and didn't remember much about the classes, according to the report. Police issued a summons for high school to appear in Warren Municipal Court to answer a charge of failure to notify. The officer also took high school's gun and the permit because that officer is a scumbag, a vile, disgusting piece of human filth. And if you think I'm going to defend any one of these officers that have been oppressing people and locking down their businesses, destroying their lives, and then they let Antifa go, I mean, by, I mean the prosecutors, no sympathy, no empathy. I can defend cops who are unjustly targeted by BLM, you know, antiphone extremists. But in this regard, I'm at my wits end, my friends. I'm not going to play these games anymore. I am not going to defend the police departments that do this. And the problem is any single department could. The woman was literally charged because she had armed herself when a wanted man was in her home and neglected to mention that fact to responding officers. The writer says, now I'm sorry. Nothing about this is right, and, and right here is why I refuse to support any duty to inform laws. While I believe it's no one's business whether I'm caring or not, I also don't want to see someone get jammed up because they either didn't know they had to tell police or they simply forgot under the stress of the situation. Look, I have a lot of respect for police. 
However, we all need to remember that while some officers are very pro-Second Amendment, others aren't. They take an us versus them approach to society and will find anything to charge you with that they can. These aren't the majority of officers, but there are enough of them that you have to be careful. Removing duty to inform laws simply makes life easier for everyone. Editors note, they say, support, be- support bearing arms, Second Amendment reporting, help them fight back against radical gun control. And as we just saw, Joe Biden certainly has that radical gun control agenda. I'm going to give you some sound advice, my friends, but I am not going to uh, uh, say it myself. I'm going to show you a critical race theorist, racist professor who says uh, uh, that you should never talk to the police ever. Myth-informed Milwaukee says Penn State professor tells his students never talk to police ever. Any wonder where the anti-police ACAB sentiment comes from? The message here should be never resist arrest ever. And I responded with, He's right, though. This guy may be a critical race theorist. He may be an extremist, racist, far left crackpot. But a broken clock is right twice a day, isn't it? And he said you never, ever talk to the police. He is correct. Sorry, there is absolutely no reason for anyone at any point, for any, any reason, any at all to talk to the police. And I can already hear many people saying that's ridiculous. There are, of course, exceptions. No, there aren't. They say things like, what if you, uh, so actually, let me show you, Myth Informed responded to me. The professor says a hard never. Don't you think there's any exceptions? What if you see something suspicious, you never call them? What about talking to the police after witnessing a crime or car accident? Literally never without a lawyer? Correct. Your lawyer should do the talking always. Let's break this down. What if you see something suspicious? Okay. The likelihood that if you see something suspicious, and you call it in, the likelihood something bad happens to you is slim to none. And it is fair to say that if someone were to break into my house, as I have in the past, I have called the police. Respectfully, I understand that when I say you never talk to the police, there's no such thing as absolutes. And of course, I'm being just a teeny bit hyperbolic, but I really do mean never. To be specific, you may exchange some words. Do not have a conversation with them. Do not answer questions. Do not give statements. So when I call the police and and I tell them on the phone what happened, I let them talk to me. And I said, okay, yep, all right. What did the guy look like? Brown hair, X height. I didn't engage in hard conversations with these guys, and you shouldn't either. Let me explain. He says, what about talking to the police after witnessing a crime or car accident? I mean, that is the biggest mistake ever. A lot of people responded to this, to this post with an, an excellent video from this uh, lawyer out of, uh, out of uh, university in Virginia. I think it was University of Virginia. I'm not sure. And he does this really great thing where he, he says, here's a news story I'm going to read to you. And then it says that there were three people who were found uh, killed. They believe it was a gang, gang, uh, a gang style uh, killing and that it may have been a murder suicide. The suspect is, you know, X, Y, and Z. They're currently investigating. He says, remember that story. Later on, he says, now, I want to quiz you on the story I just told you. How many people did I say were shot in this killing? One, two, three, or four. Everybody raises their hand for three. And then he says, all of you who raised your hand are the perfect example, the perfect example of why you do not talk to cops. I never said they were shot. And therein lies the problem. So let's talk about you witnessing a crime. You might not realize that there was some detail 
And uh, the example he gives is a cop can be like, did you hear about uh, we're investigating so-and-so's death? And you could respond with, look, I don't know anything about it. I don't know who that guy guy was. I'm not I'm not I don't even own a gun. I'm not even that kind of person. I have nothing to do with it. And they say, "Okay." Then in court, the prosecutor says to the officer, "When you are the suspect, he says, "Was there anything odd about that conversation?" He goes, "I never told him the victim was shot." And then the, the jury goes, "Oh, he knew." But you were just passively like, "I don't know." I think one of the best examples he gives is that you could say to the cop, "Look, I wasn't even in town that day. I was in a different, you know, I was in a different place. You say that. But then some other witness identifies you accidentally saying you were. Now the cop says, I have a witness who places him in the city that night and he lied to me. And then the jury goes, oh, but the reality is the witness was wrong. What if you see something suspicious? What you're basically admitting to when you ask that is that you are party in some capacity to a crime and you want to insert yourself into it. Look, every good lawyer tells you not to talk to the police. This this professor says you give them their, your name and the advice given by every single lawyer, any good lawyer is if you're ever talking to the police for any reason, you answer you, 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 you depending on the circumstance, it's an almost absolute you never talk to them. This woman's going to jail because she called the cops. You see the problem here? When the police are out patrolling and they respond to violent crime and and progress, that I get. Unfortunately, there is a a problem here. What about a witness statement? What, what What if the cops literally catch a guy, catch him and they say, can you provide witness statement so we can prosecute this guy? You do not know what the circumstances of the crime was. You do not know if you are a suspect. And I know it's a problem for cops. But even in this video they they share, the cop says, do not talk to police. But what do I do? What if I have to call the cops? I know it's tough, isn't it? There may be circumstances where you have no choice. That I I recognize. But what I'm saying is, if you have the ability and you are volunteering to speak to cops, you're making a mistake. Play straight up. I won't. I won't. Like I said, when I called the cops back when the guy tried to break into my house, I let them talk to me. They asked me what the guy looked like. I said, here's the description. That was it. I didn't go into great detail or explain much of anything else. And even that could be a risk. Now, the challenge is how to actively navigate this. But this is why I think there's a lot of people who want police reform. I don't know the solutions. I don't have all the answers. I think police provide a a decent function. I believe that unfortunately, to a certain degree, a government with a monopoly on violence is not completely bad. I got to be careful about how I say that, because what I mean is I'm not a fan of the idea of private cops. I'm not an idea. I'm not a fan of the idea of competition in violence. The police have a monopoly and there is civilian oversight and there is an opportunity to get justice if the police do something wrong. Gangs don't have that. Mafias don't have that. Cartels don't have that. So I'm happy with the police constrained by the outrage of the public and just one organization. This is why I am not a a right wing libertarian. I'm a left libertarian. I recognize that there are some things that are hard to navigate and I'm not even I'm nowhere near anarchist. Libertarian just means smaller government. It's tough. It is. I got a big problem with cops, especially as of lately, because I, I tweeted this. We got Mitch McConnell talking about lockdowns coming back. It's happening. Okay, they're, they're coming back. They're going to ease us into it. But these cops, we saw what they do. 
Not all of them. The good ones resigned. There are good cops who would not charge someone. But am I going to roll the die and be like, oh, come on, hopefully this is the cop who's actually going to be a good person? Or am I going to risk my life on whether or not to trust a stranger? I won't. I will be polite. You know, when I get stopped by cops, keep my hands up. When I'm uh, uh, reporting and the police arrest me, I say, I'm a reporter. Just want to let you know. And then when they say, you have an idea, I say, yes, I do not have conversations with them. I do not give them statements. So, so let me try and be very, very clear on what this means. In any circumstance, anything you say can and will be used against you. Understand that. It will never be used for you. It can be used against you, and it will be used against you. And if you try to get the cop to say something to benefit you, they can just say no, hearsay. It will be used against you. Anything. That's what those words mean. Simply saying, good day, good sir, could be used against you. You know why? It's also brought up, there's, there's, there's another great video. Some, some lawyer's talking about it, and he said, you say, hello, good day, officer. Nice weather we're having, and walk away. Later on, when you are a suspect because you were in the vicinity of the crime, and they believe it's you, the cop testifies. He was, he was speaking to me, and he sounded, he sounded suspicious. Do you remember exactly what he said? I, I can't recall the exact words, but he seemed flustered and nervous when I spoke with him. And then the jury goes, oh, oh, he's flustered and nervous at the scene of the crime. Oh, that's interesting. Sounds bad. And then you say, I simply said, good day, sir. Is that what you said? I think he said something else. I mean, we, we were talking. And then you get asked, were you speaking with the officer? I mean, I, I, I said stuff to him. Yeah. My, I, I, there you go. Anything you say. Now, you say nothing. Officer says, he didn't say anything, he didn't do anything. Was it, it was, I, was, I thought it was suspicious. And then you just go, I didn't even say it. I didn't even do anything. I just didn't even say anything. It's not easy. It's not. The state has a lot of power and juries have their bias. So I'll tell you this. I fully understand. Sometimes you'll see a cop and I'll say, hey, which way did the guy go? And you'll be like, that way. I fully understand. Sometimes someone will attack you and they'll say, tell us what happened. The guy came and he attacked me. But, this, but I'm not surprised when there are people in, in, in poor neighborhoods who don't want to talk to police at all. And that is a big problem. And that's why I said the more libertarian approach. If these people don't want cops, then the cops should stop going. But it is tough. And I've certainly become more libertarian in this regard in the past few months, notably because of Mr. Michael Malice, who we, we cite all the time. What's up with that guy, huh? Making too many good points. But he pointed out the gun thing. He said that, uh, you know, I have a right to keep and bear arms, but because of the police, I can't in New York. And I'm like, you're right. Yeah, that's wrong. Here we are. A woman got arrested for it. Joe Biden wants to take your guns away. And I assure you, I assure you, the police will gleefully take your weapons and say, F the Constitution. We don't care. Because if there's one good cop who won't, they will find the bad cop who will. Mark my words. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.